0: So the oh, so you like do the live thing and the record. <laughs> Welcome to Photography Chat with Merlin. Photography Chat
1: with Merlin. There's my mother. That's your mom. <laughs> Tavia's mom, there's gonna be some mild cussing, so you've been warned.
0: Oh, she's used to it.
1: <laughs> well, there, there's more okay. for like other people.
0: Oh, yeah, I'll, I'll try to be good, but no, I don't, I don't, I'm not very good at not cussing.
1: No, same here. I'm, I'm like, it, it actually gets me in trouble in my professional life sometimes because um, I, I present. <sighs> protect companies publicly and stuff, and uh, when I first started doing this, um, I got in trouble at a talk where I referred to something being balls deep inside of something, (laughs) and
0: I probably would say something like that.
1: It wasn't the F and an S that got me in trouble, it was the balls deep, they were like, that's too far. That's... I'm like, that's not even a cuss, though. It's just a string of words. And they're like, but it's the way you strung them together.
0: Uh, yeah, that, that'll happen. Luckily, I, uh, most of my work experience has been uh, doing receptionists at an animal clinic. And luckily, when I'm on the phone, I can hold back. But um, I did get caught one time from one client caught me flipping another client off under my under the desk and she was like (laughs) i saw that i was like she deserved it
1: (laughs) obviously you know
0: yeah so i've 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 narrowly escaped a few things at work with my mouth and you know occasionally i'll say inappropriate things to clients (laughs) but the ones that i know that can handle it and stuff like that it just just
1: makes you more human
0: yeah. yeah, I drooled on a lady's dog once. I went, I bent down to say... You drew on a dog? No, I drooled. I drooled <laughs> on the dog.
1: I was like, what, is, bent, where, did you get drunk with the dog and drew like dicks on its face or something?
0: We've probably done that. But no, I went, I, le- I leant, leaned, leaned, o- I, didn't lean, I le- leaned over to pet the dog and say hello to it and just drooled, just fell right out of my mouth, right on top of the head of the dog. I was like, sorry about that, I just drooled on your dog. <laughs>
1: I'm sure the dog it didn't
0: mind. Oh, the dog was like, whatever.
1: That's awesome. Well, Do you want to take a moment to um, introduce yourself to uh, the chat people out there for, for folks that may not be familiar with you?
0: Oh, God, this question always stumps me. I'm just, uh, my name's, uh, we'll say Octavia for now. Octavia Sharp, uh, which is my middle name.
1: So. Okay. Uh,
0: it is technically my name, so it is my middle name. Um, and I don't know. I I always get stumped with that question. I've been shooting since this is a film photography thing. We'll just start with that. Um, I've been shooting film for 35 years now because I started when I was uh, in high school when I was 15.
1: Sweet baby so. Jesus.
0: Yeah, I'm old. And then um, did it started then? Then went to undergraduate at the Atlanta College of Art for photography for studio arts for photography uh worked in a lab for like two or three years or so in between that and then went back to school for grad school at the University of Memphis again for photography um and got a MFA in studio arts I think is technically what it is And then uh, with a concentration in photography, um, I did that with the idea that I was going to then teach, because if you teach at the university level, you just have to have a master's, you don't have to have a teaching background. Um, Did that for a little bit, didn't really like doing that, and Mm -hmm. then uh, started working at animal clinics, which is... I've done mostly animal clinic clinics. Um, I've worked at a couple of botanical, or a botanical gardens in a museum at one point. But the museum thing was uh, just at the info desk, nothing super fancy or terribly exciting. But it was a nice museum. And, uh, and then just have been doing film photography. Excuse me, my door came open. No worries. On or off. Just kind of on and off as uh, a really expensive hobby since grad school so
1: it, it is a Let's bit see. of an expensive hobby isn't it
0: <laughs> it is an expensive hobby everyone you know you get on Instagram and everyone's always going it's so expensive and and it is but um it's funny when people go like oh the price of film now is so expensive and I'm like no it's always been expensive uh the first class I taught was a photo one class when I was in graduate school and one of the professors was like, make sure you let these kids know this is not going to be... A, it's not going to be an easy A because everyone comes in and you you take an art elective and you're like, I'm going to take some photography. It'll be easy. (laughs) It's not an easy A and it's expensive. You're going to spend more money than you probably would like to in this class. So it's always been expensive. And that was like back in 1998. So it's always been expensive, which kind of... Yeah.
1: Yeah, I um someone asked me once how much I've spent on this hobby so far and I kind of started crunching it in my head and then I was like I don't want to play this don't game do anymore. I don't just, do it. It was it was a <laughs> lot more than I thought. Like when I started working it out and it was just like
0: uh... <laughs> I can um in grad school, I graduated grad school in 2000 and I was in grad school for three years, and I did have um, an assistantship, so I worked part-time in the lab, so I got paid for that, and when you have an assistantship like that, at least back then, I didn't have to pay tuition, so the tuition was free, I just had to pay my living expenses, which I got help with, luckily, from my family, and then um, most of the stuff I just had to like pay for myself, even with my job at the, Working part time in the lab. I graduated. I had 10 grand on credit card, and that was all just photography and. Holy shit. Yeah. And, well, and food, I'm sure. And, you know, I was in grad school. I'm sure I went out quite a bit. But, um, but yeah, I graduated. Didn't have any student loans or anything, but I did have a 10 grand credit card. So, it's oh. a lot of paper and a lot of film. And back <coughs> that then, is. pro. Pro packs, I think one twenty pro packs were twenty five bucks.
1: Yeah, but adjust for inflation and you know where are they at.
0: Yeah, so I mean, so now they're like what fifty, fifty five, depending on what you're buying. So
1: yeah, they've gotten really crazy. Like yeah, yeah, it's been. I can't remember the last time I bought a pro pack. Of Kodak. Like, I I bought a bunch of the Fuji Pro 400H when it got cheap. Um, Not that I like Fuji at all, but it was going for, like, nine bucks a roll. And so I was like, it's basically two for one versus Kodak.
0: Yeah.
1: I ended up buying a bunch of it. And there's all those scalpers out there now that went out and bought a bunch of 400H, too, and now they're trying to sell it for, like, $20 a roll. And it's like, go fuck yourselves. Yeah,
0: cool. you, it's it's out there again. I mean, yeah. that Fuji four hundred. It comes and it goes. I just saw it online. It was B and H had some on online today, so I always check just to see.
1: Yeah. Although I, mean, I have. Oh, what's that?
0: Although I don't is, is and I don't know much about film and chemistry as far as the film that they're making now versus the film they were making twenty years ago. But the Fuji four hundred doesn't seem like it's the same Fuji as it was twenty years ago.
1: I think everything's a little different because, like, chemical rules have, like, tightened up a lot since then. You can't put
0: the really bad stuff in it anymore. (laughs) Exactly,
1: which makes the colors pop. (laughs) So it's like you can't have the cancer film anymore.
0: And then again, of course, when I was shooting 400 back then, I was printing in a dark room. And when I'm doing the 400 that I have now, I'm on the scanner. So that could be a big difference as well
1: yeah that that could cause a, a bit of a difference too so. yeah so what got you interested to start getting into photography in the first place
0: I don't know I can't remember that <laughs> far back I mean that was I was fifties. So I have no idea um I know that I like to whenever we would go to my grandparents for Christmas I was always looking at the old photo albums and everything uh so, maybe that's something that sparked an idea, and then I was like, "I want to learn how to take pictures and then that, it just kind of stuck. I've been doing it for so long, so it's the only thing I really like to do so So when my parents were like, "You gotta go to college, you can go to college for anything, but you gotta go." I was like, "All right, I'm going for photo, so that's what I did. Why not? Well, that's yeah, cool. I mean, they said anything, so.
1: Danielle said yesterday at work I accidentally said I fucked up a bunch of shit and then realized that was a lot of profanity for a professional.
0: <laughs> and she's in a library, so I mean
1: <gasps> Oh dang. Isn't
0: she? I think.
1: I'm not sure. That that could be like you so. know. I mean, I don't really see what's wrong with that kind of language. Like kids need to hear that shit at some point. So yeah. It's like doing a public service.
0: I mean you're gonna hear it. There's just no Way around
1: it. Of course. Well, so, my favorite time to hear swearing, honestly, is when a little kids do it. There's no purer form of, like, an F-bomb than when <laughs> it comes up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or, like, when they, like, stub their toe or something. Fuck! <laughs> it! Oh, Jesus Christ, I stubbed my toe? Yeah, exactly. Like, you know, it, there's nothing more endearing than being called a cunt by a four-year-old. Like, it's just...
0: That would funny. be good. Especially, like, the... Like a toddler, because they they always they're already walking like they're half drunk anyway. They're exactly. Slinging <laughs> the feet in front of them and hoping that they don't fall down. I
1: mean, I love watching little so like crazy. toddler kids because they look like little drunk people. They're just like wandering around. They do.
0: Around they're just people. like, I'll just <laughs> fling that foot in front of me and hope that I don't fall on my face.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, that, that just and then it would be kind of fucking hilarious if like a little drunk toddler like wandered in the room and be like fucking titties. <laughs>
0: <laughs> or if they had, like, one of those candy cigarettes that come over
1: and like... There, like my oh, wait, like Roger Rabbit. rabbit. Um, the... My ass
0: is twitching. Fuck you. <laughs> that would be pretty good. I would like that.
1: I, I would love that.
0: That would probably be my... If I had had a kid, that's probably what it... My kid would just be running around going... Really. Fuck off.
1: Yeah, like, if... It's good I didn't have children because like they would I would probably be spending a lot of time at, at their schools and wherever public places they go apologizing for their behavior a lot.
0: I mean my DNA does not need to mix with my husband's DNA that <laughs> child would be like an evil genius sitting in the corner of a room somewhere plotting <laughs> complete domination of the world
1: I've seen that with uh with my brother's child um she is. The most brilliant and manip- manipulative little person I've met who's also fierce. like she looks tiny and cute and like she couldn't defend herself, but she's like, when she wants to be, she can be a real tyrant. and uh, oh yeah. So I was like, yeah, if that's what he had. I don't want to picture what, what I could have ended up with. so
0: I mean, I was an angel, so not. Right. I set the yard on, I set the yard on fire.
1: John says, my three-year-old son drops something and says, oh, shit, and the best part, he didn't learn it from me. It's all on his mom. (laughs) Um, I almost burnt my patio down when I was a kid because I was underneath the patio. And Mm -hmm. I learned that if you, like, push WD-40 and, like, light a fire in front of it, it goes... And it looks really fucking cool. Like, you know, for a ten-year-old kid, there's nothing cooler than, like, throwing huge fucking flames... But doing it under a patio with not a lot of ventilation, <laughs> and then, like, I'm spraying, like, oil everywhere, so it's getting under the patio. Of and it, like, lit the so under good. the patio on fire, and my dad was pissed for so, because it, like, charred the bottom of the deck. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, my well, my mother's on here. She can correct me if I'm wrong, but um, as the story goes from what I hear, I mean, I don't really remember this. I think I was, like, three or something, three or four but apparently my sister like hoisted me on top of the refrigerator so I could grab the matches. And then I think it was like a cool, crisp, dry day. And we were going to build like a little fire. And we set the entire yard on fire. And apparently my sister, my parents were in the house resting or just hanging out, whatever. And my mom was like, she could hear like the water turn on outside and then the water turn off. And then it'd be a minute and then the water would turn on and the water would turn off. And apparently my sister was running back and forth between the house and the fire with a glass of water, turning the outside hose on right across. And I was just like, that's not gonna work. So I think I went inside, apparently I went inside and I was like, mom, you got a bucket? It was like, Trish, what do you need? This is my, this is my first name. Yeah. Trish, what do you need a, a bucket for, honey? And I'm like, yards on fire. So, just matter of factly, like, hey, you know, you got a bucket, like,
1: just put it down front.
0: in the back, yards on fire.
1: You should, if you ever do branding. There's yeah,
0: my mom, got a bucket. <laughs> if
1: Damn you ever big. do do branding, you should just make sure it's say, like, got a bucket on the back, and on the front it a yards on fire. Yards on fire.
0: <laughs> I'll add that to the list because uh, me and Ariella have a joke because I bought a. Pentax six seven, back in October, I just it just it just appeared one day and I said, I think I'll buy that because I hadn't bought a film camera since uh, two thousand and four I think is when I bought my Hasselblad and I used that pretty much still do uh, the same thing everything yeah you know, there's cereal. I was <laughs> talking about a shirt line <laughs> and so I got this Pentax at an estate sale I just went and got it and um this one says Honeywell on it which oh, I haven't seen all- yeah it says Honeywell on it instead of um the A word that I cannot pronounce to say my is it a sh- a shea sh-
1: oh yeah yeah they, so uh, there was like some Honeywell ones and yeah the other sh-
0: yeah a- yeah so this one says Honeywell so we were gonna uh make a shirt that was like oh there she is. she knows I can't say it uh a shirt that was like, my Hasselblad is green, and on the back goes, and my Pentex says Honeywell, just to be, you know, an asshole about the situation.
1: That's so, hilarious. Danielle yeah. asks, How I'm Even Alive. That's a really good question, because I mean, that wasn't the dumbest Seriously. thing I've ever done. Um, I've done dumber things, and I wonder about that all the time. Like, think about my childhood and shit, and it's like, I shouldn't be here you know it's kind of amazing oh i
0: went i went face first into a barbed wire fence once and cut like right into my eyelid
1: holy shit
0: yeah it was my sister's fault so
1: uh,
0: Well we were going to the we lived in um when i was super young we lived in uh franklin tennessee which is just outside of nashville okay not that not the hip and happening place that it is now it's like exploded with like all your country music stars and stuff like that but then when we when we lived there it was like in a duplex duplex that backed up to a cow pasture <laughs> so we were gonna go pet the cows and there was a bob wire fence there and i was apparently crawling underneath it and my mom was coming out and as my mom was coming out in the house and we're doing Stuff that we weren't supposed to be doing. I sat up, my sister grabbed my feet to pull me back under, and I went face first into the. So it's a miracle I'm not blind in at least one of my eyes. Jesus. I know. See, I mean, and then we like pad our children today, and you're like, they'll be fine. They'll be fine. You know.
1: Yeah, my mom's gonna... favorite comment in that is like, but did you die? Yeah. <laughs> no.
0: Or, well, my favorite comment, um, uh, a, a veterinarian that I used to work with, her mom told her, if you're going to be stupid, or, oh, if you're going to be stupid, you better be tough. So That's
1: a good line. I mean, I um, I've electrocuted myself so many times. Like, I've lost count of how many times it was, but there was a few memorable ones. And the best one was... Um, Back in the day, kind of like Ma Bell down there for you guys, like the telephone companies were all monopolies. And um, the monopoly in British Columbia where I grew up was B.C. Tell. And um, just to get a new phone line put in was like hundreds of dollars for them to come in and put a phone line. And um, my parents always knew that like was I was clever with electronics and shit. And so they asked me to look at it. And um, I was like, well, this is simple. It's a green wire and a red wire. So it's like, you know, the plugs have a green wire and a red wire. The outlet in the side of the house has a green wire and red wire. So you just, you match up the colors. How hard is that? Sure. Yeah. And this springtime, it's wet outside. I'm standing in bare feet in the grass and I'm like wrenching on the, the thing. Cause I just put, <laughs> I put like, I think two or three phone lines in the house. And as I'm like wrenching down the terminal, I hear the phone ring. And that was the day I learned that the telephone lines send 120 volts down the line when the phones ring. And that that was mostly because that's how you actually made the old, like, bling kind of things. They Mm. would send the voltage down to fire the the ringer. Now they don't really need to do that because it's all digital and shit. But, um... Yeah, it like it sends 120 volts down the line, which electrocuted the shit out of me. And then when you actually pick up the phone, it steadies at 50 volts. And that's how you keep the, the phone line up. So, yeah, I learned the hard way. A lot of juice goes down the line. Not enough to kill you, but it sure smarts a hell of a lot.
0: Yeah, I don't think I've ever been electrocuted. That I have not had the pleasure of.
1: <laughs> Wasterf Silver had some comments here. He said, good times. I've got more screws in my body than possibly my car. And he also says, I Good worked night. with a 50 kilowatt AM transmitter for almost 20 years. Me and electricity have had a few altercations. <laughs> I couldn't imagine what kind no, of altercations is. you'd have with something like that. Like Jesus.
0: <laughs> I couldn't even imagine. That's gotta hurt.
1: So I noticed in, in all the samples you sent me, there, kind of in line with the electricity theme. Um, a lot of mortuaries and, and things like that. What uh, got you into wanting to shoot that kind of stuff?
0: The mausoleums?
1: Yeah, the mausoleums. Uh,
0: um, well, I, uh, when I was in grad school, I was taking a 4 by 5 class. <clears throat> and you know you go down the list of assignments, and one of the assignments was is we had to do an architectural interior. And I was like, well, um, I don't like to be around a lot of people. So I was like, where can I go shoot some architecture and an interior that nobody's going to be around. I need to find, like, where am I going to find an empty building that nobody's anywhere around?
1: Nobody living, at least.
0: Uh, yeah, no one living, at least. And so, I think I just put on my phone. I was driving around, um, just, you know, as we did back in the day before, you know, Google and Google Maps, and you could, like, Scope stuff out before you left the house. But so I was just driving around, I was driving around in the cemetery and saw a big building. And I was like, oh, there's a big building. And checked, and the door was unlocked. And I was like, all right, well, that's, I'll see what's inside. And went inside and did a couple of four by five images in there in black and white, just based off of an assignment. And I was like, well, these are pretty cool. Uh, and then just just started doing interiors, doing lots of interiors. And then whenever I need something to do, I'd like, go find a mausoleum and go in there. And some of them, you know, the first couple ones were just kind of, yeah, not, not, not terribly exciting. But then we were living in Chicago and uh, right after grad school. And I went to one of the mausoleums there and it was like this huge, huge mausoleum with like three levels and it had all this vintage furniture in it. And I was like, well, this one's really cool. So I did some interiors in there, and they just kind of kept going from there. They just started looking really interesting. They're, um, some of the mausoleums are a little bit more interesting than others. Some of them don't do too much for me. But um, being someone who likes to shoot color, I, I'm very much a color film person, so... Uh, the one in Chicago was very colorful. There was a lot going on. The lights all crazy because you have uh, the lights coming through all the different stained glass windows, and so and then it just kind of stuck. And I just like I like to find them. I like to go in there, and it's a nice, quiet place to do photography. And no one's hardly ever in there.
1: That's wild. Okay. Yeah. But here's a big question for you. Mm-hmm. Have you shot anything in Citistel 800T yet? Because, you know.
0: I have not strayed from your just run-of-the-mill Fuji Kodak film. Back in the day, it was a lot of Fuji 400. Um, right now, I kind of like the the Portrait 400 a lot. Um, not a fan of the Ektar 100. It's got, like, some sort of rip, red magenta base to it that...
1: So, e- ektar comes out a little more blue-green than portrait. Like portrait is a lot more temperate and warm. Um,
0: See, ektar
1: and maybe it's just kind it of Oh yeah, it could be. It that. could be
0: my scanner. On my on my scanner with my equipment that I'm using, it always pops up with this weird magenta undertone to everything that I'm mm. like not a fan of that.
1: Yeah, because. When when I played with Actar, it's it's mostly really highlighted the blues and greens, like it's. Um, it it reminded me a lot more of like Fuji kind of stuff. Um, but you should you should really try a roll of 800 <laughs> T sometime because I mean if it makes gas stations pop, imagine what it could do with a nice mausoleum.
0: Now is the T for tungsten? Is it a tungsten? Yeah, it's a
1: tungsten film. So I wonder
0: what that would do with the daylight coming in but it's coming through like some crazy stained glass windows so
1: I, I've, shot, I've shot it in daylight a ton and i've actually liked how it comes out with it because so it's like cinema still makes the film out of um vision 500 so it's a it's a fil- it's a cinema film and then they strip the remjet off of it so when they do that, it makes it a little extra sensitive because um, yeah. when when you shoot it, it um, th- some of the light goes through the film, bounces off of um, the the film back and goes in again. So you get like this interesting halation on the lights. So that's why people. And like, it's
0: it's 800 speed. So how's the grain on that?
1: It's a decent grain to it. Like yeah. it's I have enjoyed playing around with it a ton. Um, I mean I I brought it up facetiously because you know everyone likes to like jerk off about cine and like you know gas stations and cars and stuff but um it's actually a really really cool film and I think with like the work you do um it could be interesting for you to play with
0: yeah and especially because I mean there's a lot of lamps in there and that's those are all tungsten so who knows what'll happen because sometimes it can be pretty yellow green I gotta like fix that a
1: little bit yeah so the the lights on it um get this really interesting like almost like reddish orangey glow to them um which is what people really like about it like uh, it's and it's also interesting like for if you're doing night shots like there was this one photo i took at the dallas state fair or sorry the texas state fair in dallas in i think like 2018 and it was at nighttime in like this food court area. And it was just the light coming from the food court, some string lights. And there's this little old man that looks like he could be like from any time period, like he looks like a sort of time traveler. Cause there's all these <laughs> modern people around him. And there's just like this little old man looks like you straight up out of up. But the different colored lights that were there were interesting. Cause like the lights, like the fluorescent lights gave off this like weird, like ethereal glow. And then the incandescents like had this like bright red kind of color to them. And it's a fun film.
0: That could be interesting. Yeah, because when I'm in the mausoleums, it's a, it's a, it runs the gamut of what kind of lights you're going to get. Sometimes there's fluorescent lights in there. Then there's like lamps, and the, the natural light coming through all the different glass and stuff. It's, it's kind of crazy in there. I never know what's, I'm like, oh, this is going to look like this. And I'm like, and it comes back
1: from the lab and
0: I scan it I'm like, well, that didn't look like I thought what I thought. Or I'm like, <laughs> where the heck did that blue come from? I'm like, oh, there's must have been a stained glass window somewhere. So.
1: I don't know if anyone's ever asked you this question before, but have you caught a spirit on film yet?
0: I have not. Um, although I am open to it. I mean, they could come out into play anytime. I would be like, I was in this one mausoleum down the street from here. And there were some weird noises coming from behind a door. And I was like, I was like, if something comes out, I don't know what I'm going to do. So I haven't seen anything
1: yet. Stop, drop, and roll.
0: Oh, I would be like, I'm, I come in peace. Let's have a talk or something. I don't know what I would do. I'd probably really just shit my pants. It'd be so. like
1: free hugs.
0: I know. I mean, I think I, I. I think I have seen a ghost before. So, and I've heard some pretty um, good ghost stories that people like swear by. Cause I used to, when I was, when I lived in Memphis uh, during grad school, I also gave tour, as one of my little jobs, I gave tours at one of the Victorian houses. They had like four or five houses and it's called the Victorian Village. And there was like this one house, one or two houses that I gave. Uh, we give tours to people into the house and um, always tell them the stuff that I'm not supposed to tell them and jump the ropes and go up to the (laughs) – you're like, no one's here. No one's here. Let's go up to the parts we're not supposed to. But anyway, one of the girls that I worked with, she knew someone who worked in the Victorian house next door, which had a much weirder history than the one I worked at. The one I worked at, the lady supposedly had a still – Somewhere on the property during Prohibition, there was um an elevator in her house that used to get stuck all the time. So she like kept a bottle of booze in the elevator in case she got stuck. There was a <laughs> phone in there she could call up someone, like, come get me unstuck while I drink my booze. But anyway, the house next door, there was there was like some deaths and some deaths of young children and then all sorts of crazy stuff. And supposedly from what I hear. Um, One of the employees and a friend of hers, there was like a couple of adults and then a couple of, you know, adolescent kids or something. They were going to like spend the night in the house on some sort of anniversary of someone's death or something. And so the story goes, they swear, they swear it happened. Um, At one point, the chandelier started like making a circle. They were feeling cold spots. And at first I think it was just like cold spots and everyone was like, this is creepy. There's a cold spot in an old house, you know? And then apparently when the chandelier started swinging, the kids were like, let's get out of here. And they ran out. So there's where they, and I, and I swear I've seen a ghost, although I could have been half asleep, so who knows. But have you ever like woken up or thought you woken up and saw something, but then you like really wake up?
1: I, I definitely like have come across some things and have had some weird experiences the weirdest one well not the weird but one of like the more memorable ones was uh i was in my house alone not not long after my separation and i was there with my dogs i had the dogs that week and uh i'm in the bathroom doing bathroom things and i hear this like loud crashing noise and then just static like tv static like just so loud. And I was like, oh shit and like, you know, hurried up, got out of the bathroom, and I walk into the living room, and my two dogs are sitting in front of the TV, glued to just static on the screen.
0: They're here.
1: Kind of. And they're just like staring at it and I'm trying to call them and they're just like they're they're glued to it, just staring at this screen and like the stereo is cranked all, It's like <sighs> and they're just like focused on this. And I was like Okay, I unplugged all the shit. I'm like, we're gonna go for a car ride for like ever now. Ever, let's go. <laughs> I just got the fuck out of the house for a little bit, and I was just like, that was creepy. I've never felt anything in the house before, that, but something was just like, what's up? How you doing? And I didn't like it.
0: Well, the house that I grew up in in the suburbs outside of Atlanta. Um some neighborhood kids told us the people that had lived there before there, it's been some weird stuff going on. Now, I mean, teenage boys, are you going to believe them? I don't know. But anyway, they said there was some weird stuff had it happened in that house beforehand. I was like, whatever. But I was laying in bed one time, and I, I'm pretty sure, I mean, I, I thought I was awake. Again, this could just be like some weird dream. But I remember waking up and looking over, and in the corner of my room, there was a figure of a tall, slender, kind of teenage boy, man, with his arms crossed, just like leaning up against the wall in the corner. And I was like, what? And it's like one of those things, like, you know, you like you kind of rub your eyes, and then you look again, he's still there. And then I had like this whole body tingling everywhere, like, don't move, he won't know you're here kind of thing. And then after a couple of minutes, it was gone. So, I don't know. It could have been a dream. It very well could have been a dream. Well, then again,
1: you never, maybe not. I had a weird thing like that, and I'm pretty sure... We're we're getting kooky here, so why not? I'll share it.
0: That's all right, my husband swears he's seen aliens, so... Or <laughs> well, alien that's, UFOs.
1: That's where I'm going, is yeah. when I was a teenager, living in Kimberly... Um, I don't, it was a really weird fucked up dream I was like in like a Seinfeld cast thing and all super weird shit going on with that part of the dream but then I woke up to this guy that kind of looked like Darth Maul um and this was like years before that was like a fucking thing that like we mm-hmm. all saw on screens cause it was like um like nineteen nineteen ninety five 1995 somewhere in there ninety five, ninety six. And this, he's just, like, fucking staring at me at the foot of my bed with these, like, burning yellow eyes and this, like, weird cracked black and red skin. And he's just, like, pulling my blanket and bed sheets off. And he's just, like, pulling them off. And I'm, like, paralyzed. I'm, like, oh, is this like pretend like he's not there and just go away. Like,
0: don't move, you won't see me.
1: Yeah. And it was fucking terrifying. And... I woke up from that. He wasn't there, but all of my shit was on the ground folded up. So it was like my blanket and like the sheets and all that were just on the floor folded up. And I just like laid there just not moving. I was <laughs> like the rest of the my night. Pants. I was just like <laughs> Whatever the fuck that was, it did something and I don't like it and I'm too young to understand this and this was before like I started drinking and doing drugs so it's like it wasn't that, um, you know, maybe it's why I started drinking and doing drugs because the drinking did start not long after the, the alien experience So. Well, my
0: husband says that he was out on some, like, pond or lake or something with a friend of his, and they were, like, doing, like, night fishing or just sitting in a boat on a lake at night. Who knows? And he swears he was stone-cold sober, and he said for, like, a full eight minutes, there was just, like, one main thing with a bunch of lights on it, and a lot of little lights kept going, shooting in and out of this main thing for, like, eight minutes, and then it took off. So... Wild. He swears, swears up and down. He's he like, I'm not saying it was aliens or UFO, but it looked like a UFO.
1: Blink so. twice if you were probed.
0: <laughs> I'm not
1: asking him that. I don't want to know. <laughs> it's like, where did you learn that butt stuff thing from?
0: Certain things about him, I don't. I don't ask. I'm like, you know what? You never mind. I don't want to know.
1: That's fair. I mean, we do live in a very interesting world. Like there's there's lots of stuff like energy and and all those kinds of things that are kind of in it. fireflies. That okay, so fireflies blew my fucking mind the first time I ever saw them. Cause like I'm, I'm I grew up in Canada, never really left it much. Western Canada, especially in my very one of my first trips to the states, I went to Falls Church, Virginia, for some training. Yeah, and that was a weird experience because like we were getting trained. In this office building that looked like some boiler room kind of shit because like the office we were getting training in was literally the only tenant in like this huge like office tower thing like Mm -hmm. all of them were vacant not done and i was like is this where we get like murdered or something like it was super weird (laughs) but me and this other canadian who was filipino too um he was from toronto um We decided to go into D.C. that night and check things out. And we saw fireflies for the first time and just the both of our minds. We're like, what the shit? Lightning bugs. Yeah. We'd never seen that shit. We're like, how is its ass on fire like that? Like, it's just, I I understand why kids want to, like, trap them and kill them because they think it's cool. Oh, there's a
0: very, and it's uh, dead, dead lightning bugs in a jar is a very distinctive smell. It's a smell you'll remember. Dead lightning bugs in a jar. You never, you know, like, because you catch the the lightning bugs, you put them in the jar, you poke the hole, and you put them on your bedside table so you can, like, watch them blink, 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 but you never remember to set them free and they're going to die, and then you open the jar, and it's a very distinctive smell.
1: Like what? Does it smell like almonds or something? (laughs) No, it smells
0: like dead lightning
1: bugs. (laughs) (laughs) What would be, like, the closest smell you could associate dead lightning bugs to?
0: Uh, I mean, it's very earthy, a little musty, um, just, you know, like, just to kind of, uh, it, 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 it's kind of like if a dead bug smelled like a Band-Aid.
1: This sounds like something band- you could, like, market as, like, a, like a men's cologne or something.
0: <laughs> no, no, it was <laughs> like a dead like, bug. It's, it's, not, it's not like a Band-Aid in a good way.
1: There's a Brad- yeah. Jim Bradford here says, 100% can picture the smell, and I haven't caught them in at least 25 years.
0: Yeah, it's a very, it's a very distinctive smell.
1: Wow. I wonder what makes... Maybe it's the phosphor or something in them?
0: I don't know. <clears throat> I don't know. I don't know. But they do. They smell like, uh, it, like an earthy, musty, dead bug mixed with Band-Aid. Yeah. Because Band-Aids have a very distinctive smell.
1: Hey, you know... I'm not going to say that I've smelled a Band-Aid before, but, like, you know. Did you
0: open the box? It smells like Band-Aid.
1: Yeah. It's
0: got that um, plasticky, latex weird smell.
1: Yeah, they do have a weird smell to them.
0: Mm-hmm. Very distinctive.
1: Huh. We were someplace.
0: I know, we were <clears> someplace. I don't know where we were, and I don't know what I was smelling, but I kept telling my husband, I'm like, I smell something that's very familiar, and I but I can't put my finger on it. And I was like, oh, Band-Aid. It smells like Band-Aid's.
1: Well, at least it didn't smell like burnt toast, because then you'd be having a seizure.
0: No. Uh, yeah. I know what that smells like. My husband's like, is something burning? And I'm like, it's the toast. Well, I because we don't have a toaster, so I do it under the broiler in the oven, and sometimes I forget. And then all of a sudden, you can smell it. I'm like, oh, crap. Dude, yeah, just I just
1: buy a toaster. That's so dangerous. <laughs> no.
0: <Nah. laughs> I'm not. I mean, I make toast like every... Now and then I'm not gonna put a whole appliance on my counter just for the occasional piece of toast. you just put it under another boiler. It'll be fine if you just remember to flip it. Get a
1: toaster oven then.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah.
1: no that's true.
0: I'm already right. I'm like, I'm, a, I'm on a kick right now that I don't I don't appreciate there's there's too many appliances out there right now that can do things that humans can do for themselves. I'm like, I don't need, I saw a self-cleaning water bottle the other day. I'm like, can you not just get a brush and some soap?
1: But I want to just you push not the not button. To,
0: do you not know how to clean your own water bottle and you need a self-cleaning water bottle with a UV light on it? No, no, we don't need that. I don't need a toaster oven.
1: There's, um, a, lot, there's a lot of people with bacterial infections out of there that could do well with a self-cleaning water bottle.
0: <laughs> just clean your water bottle. You could do it. You can, <laughs> I promise it doesn't take long. But no, the other, there was not too long ago, my husband was like, I smell something burning. And then he looked out in the yard. He was like, What is that little piece of square black thing on the patio? Because I had burnt the toast and it was stinking up the house, but I didn't have <laughs> anywhere to put it. So I just flung it in the backyard for a hot minute. And I was just like, Well, I'll just let it cool off out there. <laughs> and he was like, I smell something burning. And then I looked outside and I saw a toast in the yard. And I was like, Yeah, that's about right. <laughs> that's who I live with. That's, that's who I married. <laughs> the
1: chick like hey,
0: that forgets the toast in the <clears> oven, <throat> oven and then just flings it in the backyard.
1: The, the math checks Nobody out. Nobody
0: wanted it. The birds and the squirrels wanted nothing to do with it.
1: So I learned an interesting way that um, vegan pizza is not good the next day. So, it's like regular pizza is fantastic for like several days later. It, it can always be good. Vegan pizza is a hard no. It's just. Because, I mean, the, the, the cheese is just oil. It, I don't know what happened. Like, I've had some really good vegan pizza, and I bought this from like a really good vegan pizza place here in Toronto. And they had this really cool sale on. So, I, I was like, oh, whatever, I'll get some for like tomorrow kind of thing. Because, you know, you think pizza lasts. Holy fuck. It was just, like, what is ruthless. What does that taste like? It just, like, I don't know, hobo dick cheese? Like, it was fucking <laughs> terrible. Like, I, I, was, <laughs> I was so excited to, like, eat this pizza. And I bit into it, and it was just like, oh, I just let it drool out of my face, because I was like, ah, oh, this is terrible. And I threw it out. <clears throat> and Toronto has... So many fucking raccoons. They're everywhere. They're brazen. They fucking love... eat Like, trash pandas are just... There's something to behold, especially here in Toronto. And uh, I threw, like, four slices of this pizza out. And I wake up in the morning to go to work. And on top of my garbage can is the baggie that I put the pizza in. Uh-huh. And... It was so bad, the raccoons didn't even want it. Like, they're like, we can't
0: eat this.
1: Because <laughs> they, they open it up, because they, they have opposable thumbs and all that. Ah. And they open up the baggie, and there's like little nibbles, but they just left it there. It was just like they're one like, piece, no. they nib. they're like, <laughs> so no. Bad. And I was like, wow, th- this is telling, this is interesting. Like Not even trash pandas want to eat this shit the day after. <laughs>
0: <laughs> this is too much. This is too. They've gone too far with this fake cheese. Well, I live in St. Louis right now, and we're—I guess—we're famous for some cheese that's not really a cheese, but is a cheese. It's called Provel. I think it's called Provel cheese. What
1: the fuck is that?
0: I don't know. I don't think anyone really knows. It's a St. Louis mystery. I don't know. It's—it's it's very oily. It's—it's it's like shredded oily Velveeta but it's a white color so it's like cheese but it's not really cheese and they put it on pizza here and there's a time and a place for Provel I'm not gonna like completely trash on it because it is stringy and melty and that all that good stuff in moderation it can be kind of interesting but for the Mm. most part it's gross and there's a there's a pizza chain here that's like famous for the Provel cheese and I've lived in this is the second time we've lived in St. Louis and I swear we were walking past it this um, this evening on our walk and my husband's like, you gotta have some of this before we ever leave again. And I'm like, no, no. I my, no." I was like, no, no, no. I was like, I will live and die by the fact that I lived in St. Louis twice and I have yet to have one of those pizzas. I refuse to eat You've it. You've
1: never had it?
0: I've had the Provel cheese but at a different place. There's a place okay. called Emo's Pizza that's like it's a Saint Louis thing and Is it,
1: does their like like mascot have like hair over like one side of their face and be like, You don't understand, I'm going in my room.
0: <laughs> I'm, <emo. laughs> I'm just, uh. Yeah, it's it's a very sad cheese. So it's a very sad, sad cheese. I have yet oh. to have one of those pizzas. I've had the cheese. I've had the provolone cheese, but I haven't had that particular brand of pizza and I, I I flat out refuse. There's a lot of Saint Louis things that I'll eat, but I'm not eating that.
1: What other things is St. Louis known for, food wise?
0: Uh, toasted ravioli, which is fucking fantastic. Okay,
1: that sounds fucking amazing.
0: Yes, toasted ravioli is amazing. Uh, pork steak is a thing. I've never pork heard of steak? pork steak. Yeah. What the
1: it's, fuck is it's the some, pork steak?
0: I don't really know. I I think I had it once. It's just like it's it's a weird big flat pork chop that looks like a steak.
1: That um, sounds kind of sad.
0: Yeah, I think it's an a outdoor grilling kind of thing. Uh, okay. Pork steak, tosa ravioli. There's this thing called gooey butter cake, which is foul. It's way <laughs> it it's
1: too much. Terrible. It sounds fucking terrible.
0: It apparently, I think the history of it is like someone was making a cake and they didn't do the ingredients right and they kind of like screwed it up and they're like, ooh, this is good. So it's like gooey butter cake. It's, it's awful. I can't stand it.
1: I mean, with a name like that, it's it just sounds much. like no. Like that sounds it's, like a no.
0: It's like a it's like a brownie gone terribly wrong.
1: Ugh. The toasted I don't, yeah, I, so Ryan I'm I'm seconding this. He says toasted ravioli sounds amazing, I have to agree.
0: Oh, yeah. It's absolutely amazing. And then there is the uh our pride and joy of Route Sixty Six, which is the Ted Drews Ted Drew's frozen custard, which you either hate it or you like it, but um It's fucking fantastic and completely underrated because the only reason why I say Ted Drew's is underrated because people will say Ted Drew's is overrated. When they go to Ted Drew's, there's a thing called like the concrete, which is um, like a Dairy Queen blizzard. You know, you put the frozen custard and you put all bunch of stupid shit in there and you swirl it around and then you eat this giant container of it and then go into a diabetic coma because it's just it's just too too much you don't put more sugar on top it's like sugar on sugar on sugar on sugar that's that's awful it's disgusting I I refuse to eat those the only thing that I will eat at the Ted Drew's which is the best thing on earth is the dollar used to be a dollar 20 and then it was a dollar 40 now I think it's a dollar 70 but it's just a simple cone it's just a dollar it's a dollar 70 cone it's the right amount of frozen custard. It's on the cone, and it's just frozen custard. None of that crazy bullshit that people throw in there. And it is the best frozen custard cone on the planet. And well, I will, I will die on that hill. What's the,
1: what is what's the difference between frozen custard and ice cream? Is it just the same thing? Well, it's, or? it's
0: it's well, frozen custard is going to be more like a soft serve ice cream. But I think the fat and egg, there's more dairy fat and eggs in the frozen custard as opposed to like a salt oh, okay. ice cream is just going to be like milk and sugar and some emulsifiers of some sort
1: random chemicals so it goes down in the sweetest yeah. way yeah
0: mm-hmm. yeah mm. so and there's a and there's one on Route 66 because Route 66 runs through St. Louis and then there's a, the original one is off in some slightly sketchy neighborhood so
1: those are the best the, places to get food though
0: Oh, yeah. We went, to, um, we went to this barbecue restaurant, I think, in Richmond, Virginia area when we were there. And um, it's not in Richmond. It's in a town outside of Richmond, but in that general area. And um, we were in this town, and we're like, we're hungry. Let's look for some barbecue to go eat. And, we, you know, you get on the Google, and you're looking around, and we saw this one barbecue place that looked really sketchy. And the first review is, was, you're going to walk in, and you're going to want to leave. <laughs> but don't do it. Don't leave. You're going to want to, but don't do it. So we got there. We walked in. We're like, we want to leave. This, they, they, they were true. You, you want to leave. Because you walk in, and the floor kind of goes up and down. And I swear to God, the layer upon layers of barbecue grease was the only thing holding this building together. Like if you went in there and did a deep clean, it would probably just dissolve because the floor was sketchy, the walls were unsavory, and you you could see the guy back there in this like makeshift kind of kitchen. Cause it was an old house. It was like this old tiny little kitchen. And he wasn't making the barbecue back there. He made the barbecue someplace else. But
1: okay.
0: he was putting the sandwiches together and I'm just like I don't know, man. This is this this feels wrong on so many levels, but it was hands down the best barbecue sandwich I've ever had. Nice. It was fantastic. It melted in your mouth. I mean, I know you were talking about vegan cheese, so you probably don't want to hear this, but it was. Oh, it was well, like... I'm not a vegan. Oh, okay.
1: Yeah. No, I definitely. I love bacon way too much. Pigs are cute and they're so smart, but they're also so delicious. Like.
0: Yes. They're. Goddamn tasty. And people are like, "What well, would
1: you eat your dog? And I'm like, if my dog tastes as good as bacon, I yeah, probably.
0: I mean, if the apocalypse comes and I had a dog and I was hungry, I'd be like, your yeah. time has come.
1: But I mean, I've also seen what they've eaten, and it's like, I don't know.
0: I don't know. I always send my dog organic dog food, so it probably tastes really good. Well, But I would never. Yeah. I would never in a million years, under normal circumstances,
1: Later in life, they got fed much better things.
0: Yeah. yeah. Oh, the stuff we fed our dogs growing up was just trash.
1: Literally. Like, yeah. Yeah. Probably toxic. But
0: it was a a really good barbecue sandwich. I mean, it really was. It really was. I don't think it's open anymore. I don't think it's there, which is a shame because I totally go back. Nice. So So I love, I mean, because if you think about it, I mean, people, we, we, it's like so hip to eat food out of a fucking truck but people won't go into a dive restaurant I'm like see that makes no sense
1: at least they have like a washroom with one, running water in, in those places like yeah you know. I
0: know you're like you'll eat off this truck full of car fumes but <laughs> this, this restaurant's not clean enough for me oh you know?
1: disgusting this is awesome.
0: so but it was it was probably the one of the grossest places physically that I've ever eaten them, but it was absolutely the best barbecue sandwich ever.
1: Nice. There's so much good food down there. Like I I did a small road trip on the Route 66 a few years back from like uh, Kansas City down to Tulsa. And um, so many interesting places that we hit up there. I had my first Frito pie, which kind of blew my fucking mind.
0: Um, I'm not a big fan of Fritos, but I would definitely do a Frito pie.
1: I'm not a huge fan of Fritos either, but like with that chili and like the other stuff in there, I was just like, okay. Okay. This mm-hmm. I would shove this in my face hole several times.
0: Oh yeah. I mean, at some point we're going to uh move back to the south somewhere and I'm just I mean, I can't wait to live in a place where you can get a meat and three, which is a very <laughs> southern thing. You go into a restaurant, you can like pick a meat and then you can pick three vegetables and they bring it out to you and it's fantastic and Peach cobbler is always listed under the vegetables. You got to love it, so.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Peach cobbler is a vegetable?
0: Yeah, you go in and literally they'll be like, here here are four different meats that you can choose from. Here are the vegetables or the the threes. And then you get a choice of like biscuit or cornbread. But you'll see like vegetable, 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 mac and cheese, vegetable, 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 peach cobbler. I mean, it's just all listed under. And it says vegetables, but. You look down the list and there's peach cobbler's just hanging
1: out. <laughs> I don't know why it's just making me think of Wilfred Brimley when he's like, Da diabetes <laughs> Oh, the South. I mean, yeah, you know, it's
0: it's yeah. Uh, I
1: mean, it's. I had a really interesting thing happen this morning. On, I took an, an Uber to go to my new work office, um, here in Mississauga, and. I was having an interesting conversation with my Uber driver who turned out to be a photographer too. So he's asking questions about, I had like my F5 with me. And then he was like, you know, a little brief detour, but like a couple blocks that way up that street there is a little bungalow where Colonel Sanders used to live. He, that's where he retired and he lived out the rest of his, his years. was in a little bungalow there. And he sold off all of his interests in the North American KFC, like in, in the American KFC. Mm-hmm. he sold that off but they retained him as their spokesperson for a while but they let him go when he started shitting on the quality of their food publicly he was just like you know ever since I quit it tastes like <laughs> goddamn wheat paste now it's like this is terrible it's pretty
0: disgusting it's, it's awful I can't KFC I don't expensive. think
1: the gravy used to be good though when I was a kid it used to be so good
0: oh we ate the fuck out of that shit when I was a kid
1: like, I mean, did you ever drink it out of the thing when you were a little kid did. The gravy? No. But I totally I did, did
0: that. Well, no, you know, you put it on the, the mashed potatoes and then whatever you had left was like... No, I just like shove chicken
1: in my mouth and be like... Ah. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> There's a reason I'm a chubby boy now.
0: <laughs> I mean, I used to eat the fuck out of those chocolate parfait things. Those things oh, were del- delicious. I, I think I ate one probably about like, um, I don't know, 10 years ago and I was like, this isn't the same. And I don't know if it was the fact that it wasn't the same or just I wasn't a twelve year old child anymore and didn't think it was that fantastic.
1: Ariel is like, We poured that shit on rice. Yeah, Filipino people like fucking loved KFC back and I think they still do.
0: <laughs> like,
1: you know. That always be rice like Rice a... and
0: gra- Rice and gravy is a sort of thing. That will be under uh the list of vegetables as well. It's gonna be a white it's gonna be a white gravy though, not a brown gravy.
1: Sausage gravy kills me. I, I sausage and biscuits oh my god like you know I, i'm lucky i don't live in the states because i would have had a heart attack by now like it's just mm.
0: yeah and, and 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 this is how you can tell this is stupidest conversation but this is how you can tell a real sausage gravy from like the powdered package stuff because you can't get it powdered in a package and you add the milk and you boil it up and you've got gravy and it's that's foul um, if you're if you the if you're eating sausage and biscuits and gravy and the gravy is actually white, like a bright white, that's that's wrong. It's it's got to be like beigey or have a dirty color to it. Yeah. If it's like if it's white, it's not the real thing. Don't eat it. If it's, it's white going
1: in, it's probably going to be white going out, which is a lot. Oh, this is
0: not going to be <laughs> good.
1: <going> <laughs> <laughs> I learned that the hard way with like Campbell's chowder soup. I thought, that, I thought I was dying. Like, I went to my doctor because I was just, like, something bad
0: happened. Oh, I took a – th- th- we're really going off the rails here. <laughs> this is no longer about photography at all. Um, we'll we'll, we'll, we'll bring circle it back. back. We'll, bring it, we'll <laughs> circle around. Let's talk about color a little bit. I took a shit once, and <laughs> when, I, when I wiped and, you know, checked things out, you know, you got to – Check out the color every now and then. Make sure things are fine. Yeah, You got to be like, and plus you got to keep looking to make sure, you know, the toilet paper is just toilet paper at some point.
1: Exactly. Yeah, that's important.
0: So uh, so I took a crayon and I walked and I looked at it and it was the color of a green crayon.
1: You you ate a cake, didn't you?
0: I I was like, what the fuck is wrong with me? What has happened? (laughs) And I was like, thinking about what I ate. Well, the day before, for breakfast, I had eaten some Fruity Pebbles. <laughs> and then for lunch, I had eaten some Fruity Pebbles. <laughs> and then for dinner, I had eaten some Fruity Pebbles. So over the course of the day, for all three meals, it was nothing but Fruity Pebbles. So yeah, the next day, I was like, I was shitting a green crayon. <laughs> At first, I was like, what? And then I realized, I was like, yeah, that, that checks out. That checks out. I'm good. I think I'll be all right. An entire box in one day. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner. It's Fruity Pebbles. Fucking love Fruity Pebbles. Apparently. <laughs> oh, there was, when we lived here the first time, there was a deli down the street, and they would make the marshmallow Rice Krispies, but with Fruity Pebbles. Oh, shit. Oh, yeah. That'd be amazing. I, I the fuck out of that.
1: Um, blue icing then, will also have the same result if, um, Oh, yeah? Yeah. I can see that. Very alarming. I'll, let me
0: check. Yeah. Let me check.
1: It's, I, Ariella says TP equals contact sheet. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's not wrong.
0: Well, I mean, this, this has really gotten a little too personal, perhaps. But, um... I mean, everyone always says TMI, TMI, and my first name is Trish, so I'm like, Trish must inform. I I understand it is TMI, but Trish must inform. I have to warn you, don't eat an entire box of Fruity Pebbles and expect to have normal shit the next day. Not going to (laughs) happen. We should probably check. Ariella, are you okay? Are you okay over there? I might Uh,
1: have. I mean, this is not knowledge that I ever needed to know, but I appreciate that I now know to never eat a complete box of Fruity Pebbles and expect (laughs) to have a normal dookie the next day.
0: Oh, yeah, no. I mean, I highly recommend eating an entire box of Fruity Pebbles in one day. It was fantastic. I enjoyed every minute of it. (laughs) It just was concerning.
1: What scares the shit out of me sometimes is like, no, I'm not okay. (laughs) 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 Um. I really love red beets. Like they're oh, fucking delicious. Taste deli-
0: like dirt. It's on, disgusting.
1: I kind of like the dirt no. taste though. I don't know. No. But Mm-mm. I really love beets but then I always forget like it's like a murder scene the next Oh, day. that's alarming. Yeah. Oh. <laughs>
0: You're talking to a girl. Don't talk don't talk to me about a murder scene in your underpants.
1: Beets you do no it. have no idea. You oh, have I, no
0: idea what that's like.
1: I could, I could I could imagine.
0: I mean, it's a crime scene.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Like, like, when when you pull your underpants down, it's like, dun, dun.
0: It's like, who (laughs) died? Something bad happened down there. But I don't have to worry about that now because, you know, menopause. It's a fun time. It's fun. (laughs) No? No.
1: No. Have, Have fun. No.
0: Well, I mean, it's all right. I don't have a period anymore. That part I enjoy. I can, yeah, yeah, oh yeah, Uh, it's a good, I mean, it's a good time to have a dried up uterus right now, because it's it's a scary world out there, it's not good down here.
1: So I I was talking about this with a friend recently, and uh, just with like all of the um, very opinionated freedom fighters out there as of late, let's call them. And we both came to the conclusion that we don't wish ill will upon people at all. And we don't wish ill will towards them at all. But, you know, couldn't they just get raptured? They're doing such a good job. They're doing the Lord's work. Could could the Lord Ugh. just, like, you know, give them the treat that they're expecting and just make them poof to whatever next level there is and then leave the rest of us heathens down here to deal with our debauchery and being degenerates and all of that. And uh, It is know, just...
0: It's insane. I mean, my thing is like, why do you why do you care? what What do you care? It doesn't affect, you know, if you if you don't agree with abortion, then just don't have one. But I mean, I don't I, I just I just don't I cannot wrap my brain about why you care so much about and it's it's not that. It's not even about that. It's all about control and power, yes, yeah,
1: control, power, marginalizing. <laughs> If only we could find a way to, like, harness the power of male butthurt, that would be, like, the most renewable resource possible. I'm sorry,
0: male what? Butthurt? Yeah, male
1: butthurt. Because, like, a lot of all this bad shit is driven by, like, you know, egotistical males that think they're very powerful and have been upset about something and it causes this butthurt that makes them react Mm. in such a negative way to, like, you know lash out at that thing that upset them so much like you know allowing someone autonomy over their body like what an awful well, idea it's just it's
0: just, it's just all <clears> about <throat> money until you take the money out of politics politics will always be about money there's just there's just no way around it
1: well not even the money part of it I think like but it,
0: but it is kind of a money part because they all have special interests and in what they're yeah. the only thing they're doing is trying to drive the price of whatever they have their toe in um
1: but they do it for the people No. Nah.
0: Hard, hardly any politicians do it for the people, on either yeah. side. I'm saying both sides are just as guilty.
1: Oh, all as of them the other are side. terrible. <clears throat> like we're we're not immune to this kind of shit in Canada either. And um, when we had our last I mean, yeah, election, yeah, people
0: like crap on the U.S. But the UK Parliament—they're watching porn in there.
1: Good Did for you them. you see
0: that over in the UK? All these guys are getting caught watching. When they're in Parliament, I think that's what I heard. Well, I, I think okay, that's what I
1: so like I've worked in IT for a long time, and before I became, I could be wrong. Chill. Don't quote
0: me on that. The internet, don't come for me. I, I, I swear to God, I read a headline.
1: It's too bad they're already going to dox you for it. Like you know, the male butthurt has been alerted to your. That's you. Reporting. You said
0: that. Man. I not <laughs> do. It. I was just, I was just over here talking about green shit.
1: Um. <laughs> When, when I used to work in IT and we used to like monitor like traffic and stuff, there's an alarming amount of pornography that gets consumed during the work day in like almost all places. Like it's, um, So yeah.
0: places that know that you can see what's on their computer screen, folks are still watching porn. Oh uh, yeah. That's bonkers.
1: And then people find ways around it. So it's like, I used to work in healthcare, and so we blocked all the porno and, like, public portals and stuff like that. Because, you know, you don't need a bunch of people jerking off at public kiosks in the middle of the night because they need to, like, get off. And um, there was this very tenacious old man in a a northern part of British Columbia who discovered... He can no longer get his pornography to, like, jerk off in the middle of the night at the public internet kiosk near the nurse's station, which all disturbed the nurses, obviously. Um, So he was upset about that until he discovered a loophole in bing.com. So maybe it's fixed by now. This was a few years back. But if you go to bing.com and search porno stuff and you see the little video thumbnails he'd hover over the video thumbnail and it would show like a little preview of it that would come through. (laughs) So this this, this old man was jerking off to like five second previews.
0: (laughs) I can't, I can't even wrap my brain around that. (laughs)
1: like that's some determination
0: back in the day you know when they had like the little peep show things like let's 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 get let's take let's at least take it back to film a little bit yeah you know you had like little nickel slot things and you had like i mean if you're doing this with one hand i mean oh that's that's oh my god so
1: you gotta think like so that brings up another interesting point is like Scientists are worried that we as people are losing our dexterity because we aren't doing finely skilled work as much anymore. So there's a distinct possibility future generations won't have people that could be like neurosurgeons and stuff like that because we're just becoming fat fingered fucks. And the dexterity required to operate (laughs) one of those machines... (laughs) That's almost like the, you know, pat your, like, rub your belly and pat yeah, your head Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or, Can like, you, maybe. I just
0: can't imagine.
1: Maybe, like, you know, these dudes would get together and be like, hey, bro, no homo, but, like, if you turn the crank for me while I turn my crank, I'll do it for you back, you know? <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, that's, that's. <clears throat> well, I mean, hey sometimes you just have to lend a hand to your fellow man.
1: But this goes, like, so bringing it back to photography in an all-way, this this, Let's do. this this makes me, like, wonder. <laughs> it's, like, I, I'm, I've been very <clears throat> curious, and we've touched on this in other chats, you know, what was the first photographic dick pic that ever happened? And, like, how did they accomplish that? Was it a tin type? Did they send a glass plate? Like, you know... <clears throat> Cause I know that they, they used to do like paintings. So people would send like dick pic paintings to like people abroad. So you know.
0: I don't I don't know. And like I'm sure that I'm sure there are some I've I've luckily never have seen them.
1: And I just wanna know who thought of this idea in the beginning, that it's like a good idea to send such a
0: Some nudie pics.
1: Well, not even a nudie pic, because it's, like, you know, just, like... I
0: don't know, but no one wants to see that. I don't no. know. Nobody wants to. It's, well, it's I guess some people do want to see that. I, I,
1: I have one, and I don't even really want to see that. Like, you know, the best of times. So it's like, man, I don't get the appeal. But um, you ever do any selfies with your Hasselblad?
0: Uh, I've done selfies portraits i don't know if I've done a selfie in the true sense of a selfie I mean I did post that I have the one picture of myself like in the mirror in the mos- in the bathroom in the mausoleum uh I guess that technically is a selfie um but I think the only actual self portraits I've done is I've done someone uh, the four in four by five we had to do a self portrait and um and you know what? I wasn't smart enough to be like, oh, I could do this in a mirror. No, I set the thing up and just, you know, I had the long cord and went around the camera, sat in the chair, you know, clicked it, got back up, you know, did the whole... I wasn't smart enough to be like, you could have just done that in a mirror, fool. I didn't even think about that. I never well, even thought about that until I got on Instagram. I'm like, oh, they're, ch- they're taking pictures in a mirror. That's interesting.
1: So you had been shooting for decades before that even... Oh idea. yeah!
0: I didn't even know the whole film thing. What on Instagram was a thing until the pandemic. I had no clue. I mean, I, I knew what Instagram was. Obviously, I have an I had Instagram. My like my personal Instagram account. But I didn't. I didn't know people were like shooting film. I was like, they still make film. I should get in on this. I'm like, people are posting film pictures. I've got, I'm like, oh, gas stations. I've got those. Yeah. I was like, oh, people are doing gas stations or stuff at night. I'm like, I've got that. I've got that. I was like, I want to play. So I got, you know, I plugged the scanner back in and started doing some stuff. And I was like, okay, that's, an, that's enough cars. Uh, (laughs) that's enough gas stations
1: I think folks as long as Sue still is making film there's always going to be cars and gas stations
0: I mean hey I like a vintage car and a gas station just as much as the next person but there's other things out there as well No, many 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 other things and if they're not gonna I mean I they'll probably will come for me for that but
1: oh yeah I forgot uh, sorry male gazy photos so it's like gas stations and cars and like obvious male gaze photos like that's you know what everyone likes right there's
0: there's there's enough (laughs) unless you can put a new spin on it somehow the, that's enough. There's 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 enough. And, someone and someone should I do... say that, but I tell you I tell you what, I will be posting some car picks on my other account fairly recently.
1: Well you have another account. Do you wanna do you wanna pimp that one out when you, when you have a chance? Uh, it's
0: it's if you look on this account, the Octavia Sharp photography account, it says in the little bio think that I have a B side account called uh beating the bulldozer. Hmm. Which is what, um, when I was in grad school, my professors like to tell me, you know, you gotta get beyond the beating the bulldozer. Because a lot of my photos were abandoned things, dilapidated things, you know, drive out in the country, there's an old dilapidated church, let's take a picture of that. There's this old, you know, pharmacy or gas station or a weird, vintage, rusty car. Yeah, all that stuff that, you know, is eventually one day a bulldozer is going to come in and tear it down. So they were yeah. always like, oh, you're beating the bulldozer. And they used to make fun of me all the time, so.
1: Oh, that's mean of them.
0: Um, but they had a point.
1: <laughs> that's fair.
0: <laughs> they, they they had a point. I mean, you can take as many pictures of old barns as you want to, but, you know, I think uh, Eggleston and Kristen Berry—they filled that gap for us. We don't need to go back and revisit something that someone's already done.
1: That's very true. Yeah,
0: way better than any of us are ever going to do. Let's let's face the facts. So yeah. So it's like that, you know. I was, and then for the longest time, for the longest time, I was like, "Why is everyone? What is it? Roy's Cafe or something?" Like,
1: oh yeah. What
0: the fuck? Why is everybody on Earth? Taking a picture of this, I'm like, I get it. It's cool, but every single, but it seemed like everybody had their own version of it. And then the other day, I was looking through, like, think one of my old Stephen Shore books. I'm like, oh, there it is. That's why. It's like
1: everyone wants to pay homage.
0: Okay, (laughs) I think that homage has been paid.
1: Let's move along, folks. It'll it'll go on and on. Oh, they're coming
0: for me on that one. I'm sure. Whatever.
1: They're coming and take you away.
0: I know. They're going to be like, that bitch and her dead people. Shut up. Um, Whatever.
1: Barb asks, what scanner do you use?
0: Oh, okay. Mm. I mean, yeah. I have a... I mean, not to be an asshole. When I talk about... I don't like to talk about gear too much. I mean, I will... But I always feel like a, a wiener. But I have a super cool scan 9000.
1: Oh shit. <laughs> okay, that, that's a flex.
0: I know. Yeah, I have a Hossamod that's green, and I have a super cool Nikon scan or 9000.
1: And you have a Honeywell. Yeah.
0: And I have a Honeywell Pentax Six x Seven, which the, the the Honeywell Pentax Six x Seven is not the flex that it should be because that thing has got some issues. Wow! So I have to work around, I have to figure out what exactly it can do so I can work around it. But and then I've you know I'm here, I've like crapped on cars and I'm gonna be posting some cars with my Six x Seven in a week or so. But yeah, I have a what was it, it called the Nikon Super Cool Scan. 9000 But in my defense, not that I need a defense, I did purchase it in 2007.
1: Okay. So it was, like, so, moderately cheap. It was $1,800 in 2007. So that's, like, what, $10,000 in
0: twenty twenty one? Too money? I don't know. Someone, someone said they bought one. Was it, was, uh, what's his name? The Kyle McDougal. Um, Is that his name? Kyle McDougal something. That sounds familiar, yeah. Yeah, he, uh, I think he's, uh, got a following, but I think I saw one of his videos where he bought one, uh, still in, in the package and don't quote me on this, but I want to say he paid like three grand for that one. And then someone else that I talked to, uh, on Instagram, they said they bought one and I want to say they paid 1800 for theirs. Um, second hand at a shop somewhere that works on them so but yeah so they've hold they've held their value if I wanted to sell it I could probably get what I paid for it but I'm not gonna but yeah it's like I bought it in 2007 and every time I turn it on I'm like is it dead is it gonna work today is today it's is today the day it shits the bed because when that scanner that's the only scanner I've ever had the only scanner I've ever used I, I don't even know anything about any other scanners that's just the one I have. And one of these days, it's probably going to shit the bed and then I'm going to curl up in the corner and cry and not know what to do with my life.
1: Um, Well, you're going to have to like go on eBay and like drop another five grand on something that might break your heart.
0: <laughs> I know. Or I'll, I'll have to... Uh, uh, I, th- I think I have it written down somewhere, the place that the uh, person bought theirs here in the States somewhere. And I think they work on them too, so I'll just have to make a road trip and see if they can... Revive it, but I'm just hoping it never dies.
1: Yeah. You should just, like, name it something from the Goonies, because Goonies never die.
0: Goonies never die. <laughs> I, we went to, when we were living in Portland, we went up to Astoria to visit the Goonie house. And, um, you know, the Cindy Lauper song where she's like, it's good enough.
1: Good My enough hus- for you. Yeah.
0: My husband thought she was saying Goonie love. It's Goonie love for you. Goonie love. I'm like, and he's over there singing it. Goonie love. And I'm like, because of course we were listening to the song as we were driving to the Goonie house, because that's what you do when you go to Astoria. You got to go see all the Goonie sites. Yeah. And I'm like, what, you, what do you think she's saying? And he's like, Goonie love. I'm like, that's not what she's saying. No. But that's adorable that you thought she was saying Goonie love. Now try to listen to the song and not think that she's saying Goonie Love. You, you just can't.
1: Well, and now I'm thinking there was a huge missed opportunity here for Weird Al.
0: This is true. Yeah. He could have done something with Goonie Love.
1: Weird Al, if you're listening.
0: Let's give him a call.
1: You should do it. I wish I had his number. That would be amazing. I
0: don't have his number. You I mean? don't know any famous people.
1: I've met a few famous people. I've
0: met some famous photographers, but I don't.
1: Ooh. What kind of famous photographers?
0: uh, There is a gentleman, Arno Minkinen, who does um, self portraits in a landscape. Uh, He's fairly well known. Because when I was in grad school, um, I was the president of the Photography Society. And as president, I got to, um, we would invite different photographers to come and speak and whatnot. So I met him and drove around Memphis and hung out with him for the day. Because then as a president, you had to like you know talk to people and show them around. Um, I, but I don't know if I, really, if I know him. I've met him. So we're just talking about met. So I uh, saw William Christenberry give a talk once. Um, oh, shit. Yeah, he was fairly old and was like repeating himself a little bit. So I was like, oh man. <laughs> but so I have a book of his signed to me from William Christianberry. So William Christianberry, um I've uh I know I've and I have a terrible, terrible, terrible memory. But I have um I've met Alex Harris as well. Um, oh, cool. and I have a I have a couple of books of his signed to me as well. So I think those are the, Pinky, I met Pinky Bass. Uh, I just watched her give a lecture on a Zoom. I finally had to, I've gone the whole pandemic, never downloaded Zoom. I had to download Zoom like a couple of weeks ago so I can watch this lecture.
1: Lucky you. A lot of us have had to live on Zoom during the pandemic.
0: Yeah, I was working at a vet clinic and that was like, this is not a good place to be during the pandemic because they were, kind of slow at getting the protocols in order and it was Mm -hmm. like at the very very beginning when everyone was just like losing their shit understandably so yeah and I was like and and at that point uh my husband was working from home already so I just quit my job and I haven't gone back yet so that's fair because my all my jobs have been very um dealing with the public customer service kind of stuff so I've gotta wait for it to die down. that's Bring it back, so
1: well I don't have any fancy books signed like that. I do have a Fred Herzog book that's signed to Henry, which is, that's kind of cool
0: <laughs> I have uh I have three signed Eggleston books, not to anybody, just his signature. I've never met Eggleston. I've tried stalking him a few times when I lived in Memphis. okay. Um, but harmless stalking, harmless. I mean,
1: it's,
0: it's like, not my, is, man. is it stalking if his house is on the way to the grocery store?
1: I mean, it depends on how long you linger around his house on your I mean, way to I and gone, from.
0: I could have gone the fast way. I could have gone to a different grocery store, but I would go to this one particular grocery store so I could specifically drive past his house or at least what I was told was his house.
1: I think as long as you didn't fog the glass of his, like, windows with your breath. I did. Not No, him. he's...
0: Yeah. I'm pretty sure there's guns in there. I'm not going to do
1: that. That's, yes, I forget that about America. So it's like one yeah. time when I was in Denton, I ended up verbally... Oh, there's,
0: there's guns there.
1: Oh, there's lots of guns there. <laughs>
0: I saw Jason Lee at a music festival. I was like, there he is.
1: He gave me an interesting shoulder up in Tulsa once. Cool. He's a neat guy.
0: Is he? I, he seems like an interesting person. I've never met him. I did have a brief conversation with his wife because I was like, I really liked her dress, and so I talked about her, her dress for a hot second, and then oh, nice. I skedaddled out of there.
1: She's really sweet.
0: She seemed very nice. I was like, Can I take a picture of your dress? Because I realized he's like, That's fine. So thank you. <laughs>
1: Now know. I'm leaving. Yeah, I, went, I saw his... Um, he did an exhibition in Tulsa um, a few years back. And it was alongside a Larry Clark exhibition, which was also pretty fucking cool. Um, that was good. Yeah. It was... I liked Tulsa a lot. It was really interesting. He's really nice, surprisingly. Um, like, I, I met him in Boston in 2018... Um, we talked about this a couple episodes, but, um, I was in like a shit place and decided to spend some money to go on this, um, trip to Boston cause he was doing a book signing for a Plane view cause he just released mm-hmm. a Plane view. And, um, then the second day was, um, a, a photo workshop with him and Barbara who was, was on here. Barb was down there and that's where I met her. And, um, oh. it was pretty cool. Then I, I immediately panicked, though, after buying the ticket, being like, what if he's an asshole? And it, like, completely ruins, um, how I feel about his work, because he's, like, a big inspiration for, for my own stuff. And, uh, I almost, like, canceled, because I was like, Oh you would never meet your heroes kind of thing. And, uh, yeah, he turned out... That's true, Stana. Yeah, it is. But, you know, with, with Jason Lee, he was actually a really cool hero to meet, and, uh... Yeah, you know, he's, he's an interesting cat. Um, yeah, kind of kooky guy, but I met his friend Armand who, uh, owns the Denton camera exchange in Denton on that Boston trip. And, uh, Armand and I have become good pals. Um, I love that guy so much and, uh, spent a couple Policons with him. <laughs> there was one where I stayed with him <coughs> and, uh, he was talking about like concealed carry, and, uh, I didn't really think much of it, and then we got to his place, and I was like, you know, sitting setting him on my bed in the living room, and then he walks in the living room, he's like, check this out, and he, like, walks in like this, and he's got an AR-15 in one hand and an AK-47 in the other, and he looks like some fucking Lord of War or something, and I was just like, holy shit, man, he's like, yeah, these are just a couple of them, I'm like, fuck, I'm in Texas, that's for sure, and so he's, like, showing me all these, like, crazy guns, and then he's like, or I mentioned, I'm like, He says something about concealed carry, but these are very conspicuous. Like, you can't fucking, you know, wander. He's like, no, these aren't the concealed carry. And then he reaches in the front of Uh, his pants and he's like, this is. And I'm like,
0: uh,
1: all day. We've been hanging out all day and you've just had this, like, fucking gun gun next to your dick. Like, what the shit? He's like, yeah, it's Texas. Everyone's got a gun. And it just it blew my fucking mind being this, like, little Canadian kid Uh, in Texas being like, what the shit? And I'm telling this to he, uh, handsome Zane on Instagram works for, for Armand sometimes and he's in the store and I'm telling him like, yeah, and then Armand pulls his fucking gun out of his pants and Zane's like, what, like this? And he pulls a fucking gun out of his pants. I'm like, <laughs> what the fuck?
0: Well, we were living in, um, Texas during, uh, was it 2016 election? The, the, when Hillary was running.
1: But her emails.
0: Whatever. And so we're in we're in the suburbs of Dallas, Texas, and I was like, you know, you know, I, I'm a Democrat. I'm going to vote for Hillary, and I, and everybody had political signs everywhere, and I'm like, I'm like, I'm not putting a Hillary sign in my yard because that just screams, that's the house that doesn't have a gun. Yeah. And I'm like, no let's just, I'll let them assume whatever they want, but you can't, I mean, if you're in Texas and you put a Hillary sign in, you know, odds are you probably don't have a gun. You might, because it is Texas, but.
1: I mean, I wanted a gun after that experience. I felt left out because I'm like, well, fucking everyone else has got a gun. Why? And they're like, yeah, they're cheap. It's like 200 bucks. And I'm like, I have 200 bucks.
0: Well, we were at my, uh, grandparents' house one Christmas and my uncle, I mean, there's, there's guns all in that house. And, um, My uncle was like, here's your inheritance when I die. And he had like these two little guns and like one for me and one for my sister. I'm like, I'm good, man. But um, he did have a six shooter. So I I shot the six shooter once and I'm like, I, I, I'm good. And then he was going, "I was like, I'm good. That's just, that's just too much. That's dangerous. You shouldn't give this to me. And then he was going to, uh, let me shoot the the tiny one because the six shooter was a little too much for me and he like he it was loaded and he handed it to me and I'm pretty sure he took the safety off and when he handed it to me I dropped it and it and it, when it hit the ground it was like pointed at my foot luckily it didn't go off and I was like I'm out well the minute he handed me the six shooter my mom and my husband ran in the house and they were like peeking through the window like he gave <laughs> that one a gun oh my god we're all gonna die. <clears throat> and then so yeah shot and then when he handed me the small the small pistol thing and i dropped it on the ground loaded at my foot i didn't even pick it up i just like i'm done i'm going inside i, just, I will never
1: but isn't that your this god-given is- right through the first amendment that you like everyone has a gun there like it's like protected right
0: Well, I mean, I have nothing against people having guns because when the government comes for us, some of us need to have some guns. That's fair. Yeah, I mean, yeah, some of us should probably have guns. But um, I shouldn't have one because, well, you shouldn't ever give a gun, a loaded gun to someone who has never gone to a gun safety course. That's fair.
1: I mean, that's, that's a good tip. So, you know, a couple of big takeaways from our, our chat so far. Um, if you eat a whole box of Fruity Pebbles, yes. you're going to have weird poop. <laughs> and, and don't hand me out a gun. <laughs> and don't hand anyone who hasn't taken gun safety a gun. So. Well, know.
0: I mean, and w- some comedian was like, yeah, when they wrote that, the guns were like...
1: Poof. Yeah, not like... <laughs>
0: You know, it took you a good, what, minute to two minutes to reload from the one single buckshot or something. It wasn't like 20 rounds in a second, so.
1: Yeah, I mean, like, if if we still had muskets, school shootings would be very anticlimactic.
0: I mean, yeah. Because um, yeah. the accuracy on those things were probably shit as well, anyway. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> Who knows? This
1: um, is
0: terrible. It is terrible. I mean, what is the... That is just so... That's just, that's bonkers
1: too. I, 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 All of it's bonkers.
0: Which is crazy because when I was in high school, that never, I mean, either I just never watched the news or it, it never occurred to me that someone would come in
1: yeah, we and never, start
0: taking us out.
1: We never had that in my school, but we did, for the years I was in high school, have the most bomb threats per capita. <laughs> In province
0: because, oh, my God. That's insane. I mean, I, if I had to go to high school right now, I would just be like every day. like.
1: Well, so here's the thing, though. What's like, going on? I grew up in a town of like 5,000 people. It was super tiny. And the bomb threats would just be if, if someone didn't want to go to school that day, they just phone in a bomb threat because they knew that the school had to take every threat seriously because, like, you know, you never know. So it's like, oh, I'm afraid of a test that I didn't study for today. Bomb threat. And
0: That's so, insane. <laughs> That's insane. Well, like, and then, like, when all the shootings became so rampant in the last, like, 10 years or so, it seems, I was like, okay, well, I'm not in school anymore, so I, I guess I'm okay there. And I don't go to malls or big festivals or big music festivals. But then they, when we were living in Texas, someone, like, opened fire at a garlic festival. I was like, Really? You can't even go to a garlic festival safely anymore. What has happened?
1: David is a vampire and he was just I like really know. upset about it. It's just I like, you know, like, this seriously? garlic offends me.
0: Garlic festival? Like, I kinda like
1: folks, I, I wonder on. if if like art more artistic things were funded, if there'd be like a reduction in, in violent stuff because, you know maybe kids just need more outlets for things. Um Yeah. I mean,
0: that's a a complex More More photography
1: adventures for kids. Yeah.
0: I mean, because you hear the news and they're like, well, this had a history of mental illness. Like, you think?
1: I mean... You think? All of us do, though. You think? Like, we all deal with that kind of shit. And um, that's, I mean... (sighs) That's a broader conversation where it's just like, you know, across the board, like, you know, all of our countries and and all of our people need to do a better job at, like, you know, actually being able to have candid and frank conversations about mental health and actually address it for what it is and not just be like, this is a crisis. And that's the maximum it gets out of it. Like
0: Less finger pointing as to who writes and who's wrong and more hugs. I mean, just it's just too much of... I'm right, and you're wrong, and we need to go back to hugs and well, taking care of each other.
1: I mean, as long as bad <clears> shit's <throat> happening, no one's right. Like, that's, you know, it's it's all just a shit show. And, I mean, we, we live in, in a world now that also has become a lot more disconnected from itself. Like, you know, you probably remember this more than me, because, like, I'm, like, still somewhat young, but... I do remember when I was younger, there was like more community. Are hey, you
0: implying I'm not somewhat young?
1: <laughs> I mean, like, you know, compared I know, I know. Yeah. I know. It's like, I'm, I'm, I'm not d- saying I'm you could be my shit. mom, but like, you know. <laughs>
0: How old are
1: you? I'm um,
0: 41.
1: Oh, yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. Which is weird. So I, I started working at Hewlett Packard Enterprise recently, and I met a dude in the office yesterday. Who is celebrating his forty fourth year in the company? Holy Toledo! Made me have some feels because I was like, "Fuck, you've been like in this job longer than I've been alive." That's fucking weird. (laughs) Like this. That's weird. There's
0: a lot of yeah. A lot of people don't do that anymore. People used to back in the day. They would stay at a company for so long because you'd get at the end of you know your thirty forty years, you got a pension. But there's very few companies that do that now. So you can work someplace like if you if you start working someplace now and work there for thirty years, there's no there's no pension waiting for you at the end of it.
1: Well, and I mean like like you used to get the gold watch and things like that. And my friend Alex, who is a huge Polaroid fanatic, she sent me this funny text last night of something she found on eBay and it was a Polaroid one step that had a placard put on it that said, Thank you for your years of service, Polaroid Corporation <laughs>
0: <laughs> I, like, I worked for polaroid and all i got was this grabby polaroid right?
1: i mean that would be a fucking hilarious shirt too it's like i work for polaroid and all i got was this fucking one step
0: <laughs> here's your pension
1: exactly yeah. good
0: luck finding film for it but you'll be okay <laughs>
1: That would have been hilarious if that was like a service gift like after they stop production of the film where it's just like yeah. Well, oh, here's
0: these cameras. that are just laying around. You know, I don't know what you're going to do with them. Hope Put them on your shelf and get some Instagram clout. That's that's all you need.
1: Ex- well, I mean, I I do see some cameras on your shelf there, so, you know. <laughs> Speaking of Instagram I don't fire. I don't
0: I don't use any of them. That's fair. Yeah, there's a yeah, there's a speed graphic back there. I don't think it works. I, I've never I've never used it. What? But see I bought mine like a gazillion years ago for like ten dollars somewhere. And I was like, it's cute. And it's just it's just to look at. I've never You could I never probably used
1: sell it. that to some hipster now for like at least eight hundred dollars. Well it's it not a four,
0: it's, it's I don't think it's a four by it's not a four by five one, it's like a three by five maybe. Oh, it's
1: a little guy. Okay. Yeah. I mean you could probably and get then, like two hundred bucks for that.
0: Yeah, there's a brownie back there. I got a Holga and a Diana. There's some other ones. You know, there's a... You know, we got this Polaroid here. Can you even get film for this thing anymore? I don't even know. Yeah,
1: you can get film. A one-step? Yeah, you can still get 600 and SX-70 film.
0: there's that one. I think there's a LAN camera around here that's in a case. I use it as a doorstop. So can you get film for LAN cameras anymore? I don't know. Um, Yeah, you
1: you can through um, SuperSense. They make a film called One Instant, and it's like just one film shot in each cartridge kind of thing. It's very expensive because it's a bespoken handmade film in Austria where... People wear night vision glasses and go into these dark Whatever. rooms, and you know, wait, you're, but you're ruining. It. It's like it's an artisanal film, like you know, organic, um, free range. Free
0: range. A <laughs> <laughs> so circle. Cool. Yeah, exactly. The, yeah, the, um, yeah, when I was in grad school, they still made the Polaroid uh, land the peel camera apart. film pillow part that came with a negative.
1: Yeah. Uh, type 55. And
0: yeah, that so happened
1: have- because um, Ansel Adams, he was like, this Polaroid shit's kind of cool, but it's not real unless you have a negative. So, like, you know, this is oh. bullshit. And so Dr. Land was like, okay, well, we've upset Ansel Adams, so we better unfuck that situation. And uh, they made Type 55, and that appeased Papa Ansel. Do they still, they don't,
0: do they even make
1: that anymore oh they stopped making that a long long time ago oh really it's a super coveted film by hipsters but there are some dudes in I don't know, new hampshire or massachusetts like around that you know Chowdah area um mm-hmm. that they're called new 55 and they're making um new films that that are similar to that where you get a negative and it's like um It's the 4 by 5 peel part. So it's like always been a single shot for those ones. Oh, okay. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I think that's the only, I think that's, I mean, as far as cameras and flexing, I'm trying to think. I mean, other than the the actual ones that I used or still use, there's just like. All the other ones are just—they're just for fun, you know. Because you know, back in the day, you could like go to a yard sale or an estate sale and get them for like five dollars here and there. Yeah. I mean, I've had—I've had times where I've had like way, way too many, and I've had yard sales or, you know, I, I think I had a yard sale once when we were moving from Texas, and I put like all the ones I weeded some out. I'm like, okay, well, this one—all the ones that like actually would take 120 film. Or six twenty; those I kept, and then a lot of them I just got rid of. And I think I was um, having a yard sale, and I had them all in a box, and some young girl came up, and she was so excited, and she was eyeballing them. She was like, how much do you want from them? I'm like, just take them, I don't care. Aww. I'm like, you know, I bought them for, like, $2 here, $5 there. Oh, well, she was, like, so super excited. I was like, if you're going to get that excited, I'm just going to give them to you. Yeah,
1: cause she's going to convey that shit and make, like, rent money off of it.
0: And then um I had um a friend of mine came over when I was like clearing out some stuff in Texas and I gave her a bunch of old film type cameras. I was just like, just take. It on. I mean I'm not gonna and at the time I'm like, you're never, you're never gonna find film for any of this. I'm like, Oh oh 2017 was like peak. I was like giving these things away during the peak. I was like, whatever. What can you do?
1: That's hilarious. So. <laughs> eh.
0: It's fun. They were fun. I got rid of photo books. I got rid of all sorts of crazy stuff. I kept the good photo books. You know, That's the, fair. The, the you got to keep yeah. the good ones. You know, the signed Eggleston ones. Those those are half.
1: Yeah. You know, those are... Yeah.
0: Yeah. They're in a... Oh, this is like... It's, it's hysterical. It It drives me nuts. People have their... I was watching a video the other day, and some girl had her Pentax six by seven sitting on a shelf but and this is this isn't a photo channel. She's not even a film photographer really. I mean, I think she dabbled in it at some point, but she it's like a completely different kind of um they lived in a van or something okay and um and now, and then they were in Hawaii, and they were setting up their little room, and you know, they're setting up their little kitchen. And she has it like sitting above the stove. And I'm like, every time she sits there oh, my God. and makes soup, and I could just see it, the, the, the moisture wafting up to her, like pentag oh, no. six by seven, just sitting on the shelf open, in open air, making soup. I'm like, that's, I know people are souping film, but that's not how you do it.
1: You don't soup, camera. Don't, don't, you don't,
0: don't soup yeah. the camera. You don't soup the camera. I was just like oh or anytime someone has a video i mean at least put it in a covered glass cabinet or something not just sitting on the shelf i just i just go dust so much dust
1: i i like here's a pro tip if you don't like dust i don't know if most people know that every toilet comes with a storage compartment if you lift the back door off of the toilet there's this really cool little cubby hole and you can put your cameras in there and the water keeps the dust out of them. It protects them. <laughs> it's just like, you know, it's, it's for safekeeping. Only put I your mean, most precious items in there.
0: My horse blood Don't stays, my horse blood has its own little wrapped, wrap little quilty blanket wrap. I wrap it up in this little, it was this, this one camera company had our, you know, I think it's made really for digital cameras. Like if you want to carry your big Lindsay digital thing yeah. around your neck. Oh, the loosey goosey camera around the neck—I just—it gives me hives. Um, just swinging it around like it's a purse. I just can't handle it. Um, so <laughs> they had they—they they made this contraption. It's like a quilted blanket. It looks like a puffer jacket for your camera, and you can like fold it. That you can roll it down. And clip it and you can walk around with your camera around your neck, but it's in a like a protective blanket, so to speak. So my camera is in the protective blanket in in my film bag that is then put away far, far away from anything else. So I mean, she's wrapped up like a baby.
1: Oh yeah. And God. you'd hate the Alex. only time What's the that?
0: only time the lens cap comes off. Is to shoot, and then the land cats goes back on. She goes back in her blanket. She goes back in her camera bag, and she just sits there all snuggled, nice and nice and away.
1: You'd hate how I carry my cameras around. Then I just throw them in oh. like it's a regular old OGO backpack that I use for like work and my laptop and stuff. And I just <laughs> I throw I throw a bunch of cameras in there, and they just all raw dog each other in the fucking like no. main bin. Part. <laughs> oh
0: my heart, my heart, my heart.
1: And- when I carry my Nikon F5 round, it's usually just around this shoulder. And where I have it slung, the rivets on my jeans rub against the part of the back of it. And it's like all worn from like the rivets of my jeans.
0: You're <laughs> an awful person. <laughs> Terrible. Terrible. I just made now, the, the Mamiya, the, my Mamiya C33 is not in, um, it's not wrapped up. She's She's kind of hanging out, but she's hanging out behind closed doors. She's not out in the open Yeah, and yeah
1: a, a C-33 is not a delicate flower like a Hasselblad is, like, you know.
0: No, but she has mystical, magical powers. She fixed herself. Like, mm-hmm. it, used to, it used to when I would, like, take it out and you could, like, something was in there rattling, but it doesn't rattle anymore. So either <laughs> it's completely broken off and it's at the bottom of the camera. I haven't used it in, like, forever. I mean, I haven't used anything since, you know. I have a Hasselblad. Why am I going to use a mess in Right, not to be an asshole, but st- seriously. Um,
1: so you're you're just a Hassie shooter now then.
0: Yes. Okay. Well, I do have the Pentax, but that's the I take the Pentax out for fun to places that I would never take the Hasselblad anymore.
1: So you're Pent—that's like you're slumming a camera then, like you know. When...
0: That's my. Let's go <laughs> drive around and find some things fun and like oh there's a car you know I will take, I will stop and take a picture of a car I'm, I mean I'm not a complete asshole I, I do okay. it as well that's fair oh <laughs> dude a lit up gas station at night is oh yeah yeah, yeah.
1: yeah there's, there's yeah. nothing better
0: there, there, there really kind of isn't no so I, I give him that it's it's some it's some fun stuff <laughs> well
1: I appreciate but you. Oh.
0: every time I mention the Pentax six by seven Somebody mentions the one oh five, and here's a funny story. When I bought the Pentax, oh, this is a good story. Uh, this will be a camera related story. And okay. Then we, you know, it, I won't mention poo. Okay. But I saw that I saw it listed in an estate sale. Because really, I was uh, I was like, you know, let's just check the estate sales today. Surely some old dude's gonna die eventually, and their film cameras. Is Gonna pop up. I mean, those. You know, it's, it's bound to happen. So I was actually looking for a Rolly Flex. Why I needed another square, I have no idea. But I was just strolling through, and I saw the Pentax six by seven. And in grad school, I had always kind of wanted one, but you know, I never bought one because I couldn't afford it back in grad school. And you know, I'd been on Instagram for a hot second. I was like, oh yeah, those Pentax six by sevens look fun. I've always wanted one, so I saw one at a estate sale. I was like, I'm going to go check it out. I, just, you know, I, don't know. I don't know anything about cameras, really, like what to look for. I have no idea. I'm going in blind, which I don't recommend researcher cameras. I just,
1: yeah. it was an
0: impulse. It was an impulse vibe. I was like, whatever. And uh, so I get there, and it was like the, the body, and it came with the case that the body came in. It came with all the accessories that you would want. For the body and then it had like six lenses and all the lenses were still in the lens case i mean it was like everything looked nice everything was clean and i think originally when i talked to the lady on the phone she had said she was looking for like 1800 for all of it and i'm like i don't know if i want to roll the dice for something i have no idea what i'm buying yeah uh for 1800 i was like that's that's much but i'll go to i'll go take a look at it let's see and so when I got there, what it was is her dad had worked for Honeywell. And every now and then, when they would do like an employee discount day or something, he would like get a new lens or get a, this accessory. And he just kind of built this whole little collection of the body and the six lenses. And then, it, and then it came, it had, I have this Pentax. Notebook binder thing and has all this information, and it had the manual. It had everything and everything. It was in a case and everything looked clean and good. And I was like, I was like, so how much do you want for it? And she was like, well, thirteen. I'm like, wow, man. She went from eighteen to thirteen. I didn't have to do anything. And I was like, well, how about a thousand? She was like, okay. So you know, I like, you know, I paid a thousand for everything, which I don't know if that's good or if that's bad. I don't know.
1: That sounds like so. a really good deal.
0: So. Uh, and so I was looking at the, the cases and the cases said like a 35 millimeter, there was like a 55, 75, the case said a 90 and then a 200 and a 300. And I'm like, well, this 200 and 300, never going to, what am I going to do with that? I don't know. But it just all came and I, and I bought it. And then, like, every time I said anything about a Pentax 7, everyone was like, the 105. I was like, I don't need a 105. I don't know what you're talking about. Who cares? It's The lens is a lens. Do you know what's in the 90 case? It's a 105. Oh, wild. <laughs> so the whole time I was like, I don't need a 105. I was just sitting on it anyway. But I haven't used the 105. I've used the 55. The 55 It's fantastic.
1: Also, you've got to use the 105
0: at least lens. once. I'll, I'll use it at least once, and then I'll... Ponder whether or not I want to sell it. Because I did sell. I, at first, I was like, I'm going to keep them all together because it's such a good story and blah, 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 blah. But I'm never going to use that fish eye lens. So I sold that to someone. So oh, I'm dang. Never gonna use it.
1: Fish eyes are so much fun, though.
0: They are fun and they're neat. But for what I do, I'm like, I'm never going to. Because I don't, it's not like I go out and shoot every day and I'm just shooting all, all sorts of things. I mean, I, I go out like once a month, maybe. So.
1: That's fair. I mean,
0: I don't, I don't shoot, like, every day or shoot a whole lot, so. <laughs> so I'd rather give it to someone who was really excited to get it than for it to sit in a box in my basement. Because the lenses, I'm sorry, they're in the basement. They're in the cases in a plastic container, but when I found out that they were radioactive, I put that shit in the basement. <laughs>
1: That's fair. Like that's a good call, I think. Like, you know. Yeah,
0: I don't know how radioactive I cause you go online, they're like, banana's just as radioactive. I don't know. That could be true. I and then you you know and then other people were like, Well don't cuddle it like a teddy bear and sleep with it and you should be fine. So
1: but what if you want to do that? I don't huh. <laughs> I'd rather get a dog. Dogs are great.
0: Dogs are but, great. I miss having a dog. I need to get a dog soon
1: you should do that
0: I do I've had a I had a dog uh, for like 20 20 years not the same dog mm. but I think I, I sat down and I thought about it well I don't know maybe longer than that I got my first dog when I was about 20 and then my last dog died in 2020 so mm. so it was two years ago oh math my head so, like, for nearly thirty years, there wasn't a day that I didn't have a dog. Sometimes two dogs, but now I have no dogs and I need another dog. So,
1: you're the best.
0: But I got I got to wait till I can go back to work at a vet clinic and then I'll get a dog.
1: That's fair. That yeah. Makes sense. Well, I mean, I had a really great time chatting with you.
0: Thank you. Um, I'm sorry we didn't talk very much about film photography. Well, so no, but
1: here, so that's fine because like the. The idea with the the chat is more to, like, get to know the photographer more and, like, you know, find out more about them as a person and not so much, like, you know, have a circle jerk about gear and lenses and stuff like that. Because, like, you know, there's thousands of other podcasts you can go listen to that for. So. Yeah. You know, now I know about Fruity Pebbles, and I would have never known that had See, it not been for like, this. <laughs> this is so. tough,
0: people really say. I'm it, like, I can't believe the, the 11 people are still here listening to
1: Inquiring Minds it, Want to Know.
0: But or or my screen is frozen. It said eleven people the whole time. I just don't know how many people.
1: It goes up and down. I never really know where it's at, but you know, there's yeah. the, the people that listened, and then it'll get uploaded into like Spotify and Apple Podcasts and all of that, and like oh, good
0: know, God, ten, <laughs>
1: tens of people will listen to it there and, and also learn this. So you know, you will know, get out yes. there. Yes.
0: Mm.
1: But thank you That's for fair. hanging out with me. It was a lot oh, of no fun. Problem. Thanks. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna do the outro thing now. And then next next week, I'm not doing a chat. Um, I'm gonna be doing a live this Saturday for the exhibition I'm doing. And then the week after next week, um, Cactus Killer, AKA Chris, other way around, I don't know. They're gonna be with us. And then the week after that, uh, Mr. Jason Lee is gonna come on and we're gonna-
0: Oh, no doubt, no. fun time.
1: Chat with him. So lots of cool stuff coming up on the chat and if you know anyone that you want to hear more about and or you yourself want to like come on here and spend some time talking to a stranger hit me up in the dms and uh you know otherwise stay safe out there <laughs> thanks so much for hanging with me
0: oh thanks for having me
1: okay have a great day you or too night oh my god oh yeah i'm going to bed <laughs> all right take care all
0: right, all right bye